Tennessee's best position group for the 2023 season will reside on the defensive side of the football. Which position group am I talking about and why am I saying the defense will maybe lead the way? That and more coming up here on your Thursday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into it. This is Locked on Vols, and I am your host, Eric Kane. So glad that you guys elected to hang out with me here today. It is game day. Tennessee basketball will take on Louisiana, the four versus the 13. That is coming up later tonight, 940 Eastern time, and it'll be televised on CBS. We'll see if that game actually gets started at 940 or if it'll be a post 10 o'clock tip off time, which is just just awful. If you guys are ones that like to get this episode in the central time zones or the mountain time zone or the Pacific time zone, and you like to get it before you go to bed, I do apologize. It will be a late one coming up here for your Friday show because I will be recording probably after the midnight hour here in the eastern time zone and, and uploading it shortly after that. So uh, nonetheless, that's kind of the uh, the schedule here in terms of hoops. We're going to talk about hoops. We're going to break down Tennessee and Louisiana. That's coming up in segment number two, uh, a game preview here on Locked On Balls. Of course, we talked over with, uh, we crossed over with Locked On Sunbelt's David Schultz yesterday. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll catch up with uh, our buddy Ryan Shumpert of RTI. Had a conversation with him earlier this week on Tennessee and Louisiana. That'll come up in segment number three. But here in segment one, spring practice beginning on Monday, guys. And the position group that I think might be the best for Tennessee in 2023, it's going to be the linebacker group. We're going to take a look at that position right here on Locked on Vols. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me here today, making Locked on Vols your first listen wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked on Vols. Let's continue to grow this channel as much as we can. And uh, let's get it going here for spring football and, of course, the run through the NCAA tournament. All right, so let's talk about it. The linebackers here for uh, Tennessee. I love this position group for the Volunteers uh, coming up in spring and, of course, in the uh, for the season in 2023. Why? Well, um, oh, real quick, question of the day. Let me get it out there. I always forget to do this at the top. Who do you want to play on Saturday? Of course, Tennessee needs to handle business tonight against Louisiana, but if it does... It'll have a showdown against either Duke, the fifth seed, or Oral Roberts, the twelfth seed. Uh, that line is very, very close in terms of Duke and Oral Roberts. Uh, you know, normally you want to stay away from Duke, right? And Duke is playing arguably as good as anybody out there right now. But um, you know, Oral Roberts is no cakewalk. So who do you want to play in the second round, Duke or Oral Roberts? And of course. All that is dependent on Tennessee handling business tonight against Louisiana. Back to football here. Why I love this position group, the linebackers, so much for Tennessee in 2023. Well, it's kind of unique because you're losing your best player in Jeremy Banks. Um, Jeremy Banks is such such a productive player each of the past two seasons. Uh, just phenomenal. He, you know, Banks didn't play in the last two or three games for Tennessee. Of course, he missed South Carolina's game. Uh, he missed the uh, Orange Bowl game. He had 56 tackles, two and a half TFLs, a forced fumble, and four PBUs in 2022. In 2021, he had over 120 tackles. He led Tennessee in sacks with four and a half. He was a TFL machine. Uh, from a production standpoint, I think that he took a step back from 2021 to 2022, but um, I still think he was good in 2022. And I mean, he was, you know, he's a guy that, you know, plugs up gaps and forces things inside. And once he started to kind of learn how to play linebacker, I thought that he really kind of blossomed. And he, 
he still has a long way to go and 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 truly learning how to play that position has to channel his uh, aggressiveness if you will bull in the china shop we talk about it all the time with jeremy banks but um, as frustrating as he was at times with silly penalties earlier in his career, off the field issues earlier in his career, and some of that uh, kind of head scratching stuff that kept him out of ball games, even in 2022, no doubt about it, when he was on the field, he was a productive player for Tennessee. So that's a big loss. You have got to try to overcome that. Uh, Tennessee's one of its other starting linebackers, you know, two of three starting linebackers Tennessee pretty much had, which Jawan Mitchell. Um, he was a leading tackler from Texas coming over. Uh, for the 2021 season, didn't quite materialize in 2021, had an injury. Um, you know, I, I think there were some questions about his buy-in to the program and all that. Didn't do a whole lot in 2021. Missed the first couple of games in 2022 as well, but came out, was productive player, played in 10 games in 2022, 43 tackles and interception against Kentucky. Remember, that was the Nico Slaughter pop. And then uh, Juwan Mitchell was able to pick it off and take it for about 40 yards down the field. Had two pass breakups as well. Uh, Juwan Mitchell was never as good as what I think we all thought he would be, but still uh, a guy that is experienced and a guy that Tennessee is missing. He entered the transfer portal. Jeremy Banks, of course, pursuing an NFL draft selection. And then you lose Solon Page. And Solon Page was uh, you know played an awful lot in 2021 because that position group was so thin. Was more of a role player in 2022, but still gave you you know close to 15, 20 snaps a game. And it was a veteran that you could trust and a good guy in that locker room and for that position group. But Tennessee does bring back Aaron Beasley. Aaron Beasley continues to get better and better and better. Had his best season despite his snap count going considerably down because the, the room is a little bit deeper in 2022. He was still considered a starter, quote-unquote. 76 tackles, 13 for loss, 3 sacks, 9 QB hurries, 3 pass breakups. Uh, was phenomenal early in the season. First two weeks of the season had a really good game against... Uh, Oh gosh, it's been so long. I've slept since then. Not Bowling Green. Bowling Green was the season opener um, in 2021. Uh, but uh, whoever it was, Tennessee opened up with this past season. Then, of course, Pittsburgh in week two looked really, really good. It's going to hit me in like two minutes. It's going to be really embarrassing who Tennessee played in week one. It was kind of a nobody. And, uh, you know, go went on and had a really good game against uh, uh, Pittsburgh in, in week two. And then, of course, you know, had a gosh, he was so, so good. Uh, in the Orange Bowl against Miami. And so uh, Aaron Beasley is going to be your leader coming back. And why I love this group is because you have Aaron Beasley, who's a leader, who's a veteran, who's been there, done that, and playing very well. You add in Keenan Peely, who um, who was really, really productive in 2021, uh, then or 2020. Towards a was really productive in 2021, then towards ACL. Came back and played a lot for BYU in 2022, was a starter. But it never really looked like he you know, had that step back after that ACL tear, but you know, we'll see what he has here at Tennessee experienced guy. Um, he's an older guy and his experience, his knowledge of the position and of the game, I think is really going to help Tennessee along with, um, Aaron Beasley. But why I love this group is because you got the, the vets, Aaron Beasley, Keenan Peely, who were super old in comparison to the group. You have two sophomores who are stepping up, got their toes wet a little bit, especially Elijah Herring, who I think Tennessee is going to rely on to play a lot of snaps this year. A really, really good player. Didn't quite know what you had in him when he committed to Tennessee. He was Josh Heupel's first commit ever, by the way. And uh, you didn't really exactly know you know, what you had at the time. Um, 
but has really materialized and is getting better over time. And I think he'll just continue to do that over spring and throughout the summer months. And then you have Caleb Perry, who might be one of the most athletic guys on the roster that no one's talking about. He played a lot of special teams a season ago, but hearing a lot of good things about Caleb Perry. So you have rising sophomores and then the new additions, Jeremiah T. Lander, Jalen Smith, and of course, Aaron Carter. Will all of those guys be taking snaps at linebacker as a freshman? Probably not. Could one or two see a little bit of action? Sure. Will all those guys be playing special teams? Absolutely. But for the first time since Brian Jean-Marie has been here, since Tim Banks has been defensive coordinator, since Josh Heupel has been here on Rocky Top and overseeing, of course, the entire team, but also his name's on it and his name's on the defense as well. Even though he's an offensive guy, he's head coach. This linebacker room is so deep. A little inexperienced, sure, but I love the mixture of veteranship to rookie. I love that mentorship there. I love the athletic ability to do a whole lot of things. I think Elijah Herring is the perfect prototypical linebacker. I think Aaron Beasley is a quick, smaller type linebacker. I think Aaron Carter will be the best of the entire bunch. I think Keenan Peely is going to play a lot this season, but also, you know, he might not be as dominant, but still be good. Uh, and then Jeremiah T. Lander and Jalen Smith were two of the most productive defensive players in the entire class of 2023, not just for Tennessee, but overall playing in Georgia. So I'm super excited to see what this group is. I really, really am. And of course, it starts all these guys, except uh, I guess Kenyon Peely came for a day or two, but most of these guys were here for bowl practices. But again, you're you're preparing for a bowl game. I mean, you're not sitting here getting live reps, live team reps, all that type of stuff. You're doing some scout team. It's a big opportunity, you know, for Elijah Herring to take a ginormous step forward. Big opportunity for, um, you know, Kayla Perry to kind of stamp his, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm, I'm going to contribute. I'm ready now as a sophomore. And then, of course, those new guys. Can Arian, can Arian Carter contribute and, and take some snaps at linebacker? We'll see. Um, and, and the same goes for Jalen Smith and Jeremiah T. Lander. I love this group. It's a deep group. And I think Brian John Marie, who's done a phenomenal coaching job so far at Tennessee with what he's had, can truly start to benefit kind of, all right, we built it. Now let, let's get out there with a full room and let's let's kind of use these guys the way I want to use them now. So I love this linebacker group. It's deep. It's got fresh legs. It's got guys who've been there, done that. And I think Tennessee is going to get some really, really good linebacker play in 2023. And I think the linebacker group could potentially be the best position group on the field for Tennessee. What say you at underscore Caner and a locked on balls. Q of the day. Who do you want to see Tennessee basketball play on Saturday? <clears throat> Excuse me. If it handles business tonight against Louisiana, 940 Eastern time tip. We'll come back. We'll preview that game, the four versus the 13, and we'll hear from Ryan Shumpert later in the show in segment number three. That's what you have to look forward to right here on Locked On Vols. But hey, it is instantly March Madness time. It's over the halfway point of the NBA season. No better time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe. It is secure. It is super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, even three-pointers drain, right? Uh, you can check out the spread, the money line, the totals, the over, the unders, individual player props such as rebounds, assists, points for individual players. All that and more you can stack that on top of other categories at at, um, at FanDuel Sportsbook. Let you combine bets as well for a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So I don't want you to miss your chance. Go and take advantage of the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. 
That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, boys and girls, welcome back into it. Segment number two of a Thursday Locked On Vols. And as always, I'm your host, Eric Kane. You can always find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols. The key of the day today is who do you want Tennessee to play on Saturday? Duke, the fifth seed, or Oral Roberts, the 12th seed, of course. That is if Tennessee handles business tonight, 940 Eastern time on CBS. Tennessee kicks off its NCAA tournament run. You hope it's a long run. Uh, Tennessee against Louisiana, the 413 matchup. And uh, we'll recap what that was on tomorrow's Locked on Vols. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about Tennessee and um, about Tennessee and Louisiana a little bit. Uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, 26-7 and seven on the year. 26-7 and seven on the year. And this is the seventh NCAA tournament appearance uh, for the Raging Cajuns, first since 2014. Now, it won the Sun Belt Tournament title. So, of course, that means it gets the automatic bid. It finished second in the regular season, but it took down South Alabama in that Sun Belt Tournament championship game to get the automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. It's the top 100 team in the country in terms of net ranking. 89th in the country is where it finished the regular season, or heading into the tournament, if you will. And, of course, as we spoke on plenty of times this week, me and Ron are about to speak on it in segment number three. It all runs through Jordan Brown, a first-team all-sunbelt selection, former five-star McDonald's All-American, began his career at Nevada and uh, went to Arizona. Then when there was a coaching change at Arizona, came down to Louisiana to become a Raging Cajun legacy player. His father played there as well. He averages nearly 20 points a game, 19 points per game, almost nine rebounds a game, 8.7 rebounds per game is what he's averaging. Uh, Tennessee will have to throw a couple different options at him. They'll have to continue to mix it up, but uh, or maybe Tennessee will say, "All right, you get your you get your 20, but we're going to limit everybody else." Right? I mean, maybe that's the path to victory there. But I'll be intrigued to see what Tennessee's defense does against Jordan Brown because he is a phenomenal talent. And then you got Greg Williams Jr., one of three players I believe averaging double figures for Louisiana this year. He was a second team All Sun Belt Conference selection. As well, Greg Williams Jr. on the perimeter is a guy to be on the lookout for outside of Jordan Brown in the, uh, you know, towards the blocks uh, down low. Uh, Louisiana ranks 15th in Division One in field goal percentage. Shoot the ball really, really well, 48.4%. Uh, again, top 20 in the nation in terms of field goal percentage. Number 15, in fact, is Louisiana. So it'll be a good challenge for Tennessee's defense um, as always. So. Uh, that's kind of the, the big stuff on Louisiana. Of course, if you want more of an in-depth look at it, go back and listen and watch to Wednesday's Locked On Vols. David Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, gave us a great perspective. So it's going to be a challenge. Not going to be a rollover. Not going to be a rollover whatsoever. And the way Tennessee is playing 5-7 and seven since February the 1st, uh, Tennessee can't afford to look past anybody whatsoever. So going to be looking forward to that matchup you know, here tonight. Tennessee kicking off. The NCAA tournament making its 25th all-time appearance in the tournaments. Uh, 23 and 25 is the overall record in the NCAA tournament for the Vols. The Vols are 1-0 in the first four. Hadn't played that one in a long time. Of course, that was a Sweet 16 year, if you remember. 14-7 uh, and seven in first-round games. 7-9 and nine in second-round games. 1-0 uh, and oh in the very short-lived third-round game. 1-7 in the regional semis. 0-1 oh in regional finals and 0-1 oh in the... Uh, now defunct regional consolation round. I'm reading uh, some of these notes here from Tennessee's press release 
is sent out earlier this week. Uh, Tennessee's 25th, 25 NCAA tournament bursts are fourth most, fourth most among SEC programs. This is the program's fifth NCAA tournament berth under eighth-year head coach Rick Barnes. Remember, there wasn't a tournament when the COVID season of 2020 got cut short. And since 2010, uh, among SEC programs, only Kentucky and Florida have won more NCAA tournament games than Tennessee. That just kind of puts you in perspective of how successful Tennessee has been under Rick Barnes, not only in the regular season, but getting two tournament games, giving yourself a chance to win. Of course, you want to see Tennessee go further, but since 2010, only Kentucky and Florida have won more tournament games than Tennessee. Uh, That number for Tennessee is 10, for Florida it's 19, and for Kentucky it's an astounding 31, which is really impressive. Uh, Tennessee is the number four seed, competing as the number four seed for the fourth time in program history. Uh, Tennessee had the four seed in 1981, 1999, and in 2000. Went 1-1 back in 1981, 1-1 in 1999. And uh, that's whenever Tennessee advanced on to the Sweet 16, actually in Austin, where they lost to seven, they lost in North Carolina 74 uh, to 69. So uh, that is a little bit uh, about this, this matchup, Tennessee and the tournaments. We all know that uh, Rick Barnes and Tennessee has been not very successful getting out of the first weekend of play. It's happened one time with Rick Barnes here at Tennessee. It's when they lost to Purdue in the Sweet 16 and a game, you know, shot from the corner, foul, was it a foul? You know, Tennessee very close to advancing on uh, to the Elite Eight. And uh, Tennessee's down to Guy Ziegler. We know how big that is. We know about the offensive struggles and Tennessee's inability to close out games, uh, you know, in the last five, six minutes, the last couple weeks. So it's going to be a challenge. I expect Tennessee to win this basketball game. I expect Tennessee to win it as it should, not blow them out, but win it handedly and move on to Saturday's play where, again, cue of the day, who do you want Tennessee to play in the second round? Do you want it to be Duke or do you want it to be Oral Roberts? Question of the day, and you can let us know at underscore Kaner and at Lockdown Vols. All right, so getting geared up, talking a little football, talking a little preview for Tennessee basketball coming up tonight. Um you know, let us know. What do you think about the game tonight? You can fill up those comment sections on YouTube, and of course, you can always DM or tweet me. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to catch up with Ryan Shumperts. Uh, earlier this week, we got in front of a camera and talked about this matchup, Tennessee and Louisiana. Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider. That is coming up next, right here on Lockdown Balls. Got Ryan Shumpert here, at RTI, and uh, you know we're on the baseball field, but let's talk some basketball. Tennessee, uh, ready to get going here with. Um, with Louisiana tonight, it's a 4-13 matchup. Just overall thoughts on the draw initially, Tennessee the four seed in the East region. I thought it was about what I expected. I think the only surprise was that they're in Orlando and not Greensboro, but mm-hmm. thought they'd be on the four line. I don't think Louisiana is one of the best of the 13 seeds, so I think on that front it's pretty favorable. Obviously Duke is the five. I think Duke probably is one of the better five seeds, so it kind of evens out there, I felt like. But no, it's going to be, I think, a challenging game for Tennessee, as you expect at the NCAA tournament, especially once you kind of fall to a four or five seed. All those games are going to be good. And Louisiana is a capable team. Uh, they've second in the Sun Belt in the regular season. You have a really, really good player in Jordan Brown, who I think is going to be an issue for Tennessee. 6'11", big man. Those are type of guys, you look at a, a big man that scores a lot at a school like Louisiana, you think maybe in the SEC, the size, the athleticism, that's going to get to him. I don't think that's the case. This is a McDonald's All-American, started his career at Arizona. Big guy. He's not going to be rattled by Tennessee's physicality. He went for 24 earlier in the year against Texas. So uh, I expect it to be a competitive game and one Tennessee's going to have to play well to win. So I was going to ask about Jordan Brown, but you kind of gave us a scouting report there. Uh, he did start at Cal, or excuse me, started at Nevada, went to yeah. Arizona, and now he's at Louisiana where his dad played. 
Uh, but this offense likes to shoot, likes to run and gun, likes to shoot some three-pointers. Without Zakai Ziegler out there, perimeter defense, how does this defense stack up against that style play? Yeah, I think that's going to be the interesting part because I think the glaring thing with Zakai Ziegler's absence has been the last four minutes games offensively. Yeah. They've kind of been out of sorts, not a lot of rhythm. But I think as a whole, it's the defense where they've missed him more. Mm -hmm. And his ability to get up under guards and affect teams with his ball pressure, I think that's going to be a massive loss in a game like this. And Louisiana has a really good point guard guy to averages. I think just shy of six assists, 5.9 off the top of my head, I think. So uh, they're good. And again, it's kind of, you mentioned it, it's a team that can shoot the three ball really well. They don't do it a ton. It's kind of an inside out style. But you shoot it pretty well in March. You got a big, good big man. That's And this is a Louisiana team that plays well offensively. So if Tennessee doesn't have its A game on the offensive end, I think this is definitely a team that can score enough on Tennessee to make it a competitive game. Yeah, Seth Greenberg actually, you know, picked the the upset 13 over 4 Louisiana over Tennessee. Yeah. And and I get it. Tennessee is a very vulnerable number four right now. Limping into the uh, NCAA tournament, losing five of seven or winning five of seven, whatever it was. Losing five of yeah. seven and uh, without Takai Ziegler. But who can afford who can Tennessee not afford to have a no show? Is it it's gotta be Vescovy? Is it Josiah Jordan James? Like who can Tennessee not afford just to not show up? Yeah, I think you named the two guys. I mean, I think it has to be Vescovy. Like, there's just so much pressure on his shoulders. But I think at the same time, you feel pretty good about him showing up. He's been the most consistent guy all year uh, yeah. for Tennessee when he's been out there. Obviously, he's had some injuries, had some illness that's kept him out limited. But And he's, he's just been even better with Ziegler out in the bigger responsibility. But I, I think Josiah Jordan-James is kind of the guy that this team will go as he goes. I mean, Jimmy Himes had a good stat yesterday at uh, Tennessee's press conference. Lost 13 games. Tennessee's 7-0, and and Josiah scores 10 or more, 1-5 and when he doesn't. So uh, it just feels like this team will go as he shoots the ball. And obviously he doesn't score a whole lot at the basket, so it's mid-range jump shots, it's three-point shots, and he can light it up like we saw against Ole Miss, or he can kind of disappear like he did against Missouri. And he's one of your go-to guys, and he's on the bench in the last four minutes of the game because he's not playing well. So yeah, he's the guy. I think they probably could get past Louisiana without James having a big game. But I think when he gets to Duke or Oral Roberts, really, who's a really good team in around the 32, if Josiah doesn't play well, I don't think Tennessee has a great chance of advancing. That's five and seven since February 1st is the set I was trying to hunt down right there. Eventually, I get it. <laughs> um, answer for Jordan Brown. What does Tennessee do? I feel like Tennessee's going to throw a couple of different guys, a couple of different looks at him. Um, not going to be just one guy going to be you know tasked with stopping him or slowing him down. If you're Rick Barnes, kind of what's that plan with uh, Jordan Brown? Yeah, I think it's a tough one because there's not one consistent, really big man in any facet for Tennessee, yeah. but even defensively. And Jonas Adu has the highest ceiling there. He's 6'11". I do wonder his physicality. I'm not sure he has enough for Brown. Brown's 240. He's a big guy. He's yeah. very strong. Obviously, Adu's a little more slender. Physicality guys go right into his chest and giving him problems. And I think when you all of that kind of leads into what could be a Euros Plossage game. Uh, it's physicality that can stop uh, Brown. Plossage has that. He has to size to match up with him. And I will say, you know, obviously I think one of the uh, knocks on Plossage is he's, he fouls a lot. He's yep. a little too overphysical. Well, Brown's not a good free throw shooter. Just about 61% on the season. N so. Neither one of these teams are good No, these, are, these <laughs> might be two of the worst free throw shooting teams oh, yeah. in the whole entire field. So uh, you're absolutely right about that. And, and really, Louisiana's is largely because Brown shoots so many free throws yep. uh, that he kind of carries the team down. And kind of, it's honestly, it's a small group of kind of Plossett, Chawaka, and, and Meshack. And Meshack shot better the last few weeks at the line. But those guys kind of do it for Tennessee, mm -hmm. so you're absolutely right there. All right, looking ahead, if Tennessee is to win, as, as it should here on a, a late, late Thursday night, uh, going to play the winner of Duke and Oral Roberts, uh, the 5 and the 12. Both teams dangerous. Duke playing arguably better than anybody in the country right now. Yeah. Oral Roberts is a good team. Um, who does Tennessee not want to see? 
Yeah, I, I don't even. I don't really think there's necessarily a, a immediate answer to that. It and, just and, screams Duke because it's Duke, but like yes. Duke is not Duke of old. But they're playing well. They are playing well, and, and I think they what's nine straight coming in uh, mm. to the tournament. I think that's the sixth longest active streak, and they're playing well. But it won a lot of those wins for the SEC tournament against teams that are not going to make the NCAA tournament. I think in whatever would have been the six games that they won in the regular season, one of those is over a, a tournament team. And I really think Tennessee matches up pretty well against this Duke team. Uh, Oral Roberts, obviously very dangerous, <laughs> funny enough, probably uh, has more postseason experience on their yeah. roster than, than Duke probably does. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they, Duke has the point guard back. I'm, I'm blanking on his name, who was really good uh, down the stretch last year. But uh, I think either one of those teams, you know, it's just like a, a real small line, three or four points. Uh, I think that's going to be a really good game, and uh, I don't think it's one that – it's not like we go back to 2014 when, when Mercer upset Duke yeah. and paved the road for a, a Sweet 16 run for Tennessee. I don't think it's anything like that. I think whether it's Duke, whether it's Oral Roberts, it's going to be a tough game for the Vols. Tennessee gets going tonight against Louisiana 940 to begin the NCAA tournament. Will it advance on to face either Duke or Oral Roberts on Saturday? We will find out. Uh, give Ryan a follow on Twitter. He does a fantastic job for RTI. What's your Twitter handle? Rshump00. Rshump00. Give him a follow. Great stuff as always from Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider. We caught up after the Tuesday night baseball game. Tennessee took down Lipscomb by a score of 10 to nothing. And before he left town to go cover this game in Orlando, Pulled him aside. We uh, did a little stand up there. It was on the baseball field, as I mentioned. If you're watching on YouTube, you saw it. If you're listening, we were on the baseball field, but we were talking a little basketball. So uh, Tennessee coming up tonight, 4-13 matchup. Tennessee and Louisiana, 9:40. We pray that that game will start at 9:40. Uh, probably will start sometime after 10 o'clock on the Eastern Time Zone. So it's going to be a long night. Go ahead and get those coffees ready, and um, I'll record a Locked On Balls episode. And uh, I will get it out as soon as I can. Typically, I'll release it just a little after midnight in the Eastern Time Zone. Um, it'll probably be you know somewhere around two, three in the morning whenever it finally uploads and gets out there. But I will set it to release as soon as uh, I possibly can. We'll recap what we hope will be a Tennessee victory. Moving on to face either Duke or Oral Roberts in the round of 32. All right. Get a nap in, get that coffee brewing. It's game day, Tennessee, Louisiana. We'll break all that down and more. Look ahead of the weekend that is, and we'll continue to break down a little or preview a little Tennessee spring practice. That's what you have to look forward to on your Friday Locked On Vols. Make Locked On College Basketball your second listen. It's got a big boost so far this month. It's been doing fantastic. You know that show is going to continue to soar up the charts here in the month of March. Make that your second listen right behind Locked On Vols. Uh, here today same time same place we'll do it again tomorrow guys this is locked on vaults